Good morning. Happy 4th. Okay, so I'm just going to get out. I have, I have a, 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 something that I've been thinking about for years, and it either goes over well or not so well. So I'm going to try it on you guys and see what you think for the 4th. I have an idea. So before you start throwing rocks at me, just listen and, and hear it out. But here it is. I want to go away from the 4th of July. Just hold the rocks. Hold the rocks. And I want to go to Independence Weekend. Okay, so listen. Let me, let me give you my thoughts. For those of you tomorrow night when you're watching fireworks and you're hanging out with all the family and it gets late and you realize, oh, yeah, I got to work in the morning. And you get up and it's a rough morning. It falls on a Monday, right? Tuesday, not the best. So my thought would be we move it to a weekend and we go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we call it Independence Weekend, and it's three days of just celebrating. What do you guys think? All right? Okay. I, I always joke around and say I don't have much to offer as far as in, in politics, but if I was going to run, that would be my platform to run. <laughs> Literally, that's all I have. But, yeah, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Um, if uh, you guys can get a scripture card that we have for you guys, if you don't have it already, make sure you get one before you leave. And it has that verse we put up there, John chapter 8. And what an amazing verse. And um, uh, I think on Wednesday night while we were doing worship, Pastor Paul actually said this verse. And it's been, it was on my heart as well. And it's, it's just that if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And as this version unquestionably free. So um, there's freedom in Christ. There's, there's great, great freedom uh, in, in Christ. So we're excited and we celebrate that um, this weekend. Uh, if you have your Bibles, open up to Exodus chapter 33. And we're going to be in verses 7 through 11. I'm reading from the ESV this morning. Exodus chapter 33, we're going to jump in in verse 7. It says, Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up, and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses and he had, until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship each at his tent door. Thus, the Lord would used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. Lord, as we open your word this morning, as we study your word, Lord, we pray, uh, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds. Lord, we don't want just information, Lord. We want something, we want a transformation to take place in each of our lives this morning, Lord. So we pray, God, that you would move on our hearts. 
Lord, we open up completely, Lord. We surrender everything, Lord, and say, what is it that you have for us this morning? And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. So this portion of, of, of scripture is, is kind of easy because it comes on the, that infamous, on the heels of that infamous incident in chapter 32 of the, the golden calf. Remember the golden calf, if you're familiar with uh, the Old Testament, and defines probably one of Israel's biggest failures because they had just earlier agreed that they were going to enter into this covenant with God. They were going to serve him and they were going to, uh, uh, he was going to be their God and they would be his people. And I believe that's in Exodus 19. And as here, then Moses goes up and he goes up onto the mountain and he's up there for 40 days. He's receiving the two stone tablets of the testimony. And as while he's Receiving that, having this amazing encounter with God down in the camp, back at the camp, right, there's some problems. And it's almost like God kind of abruptly says, you know, hey, you better get, you better get down there. These people are, 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 are losing it. And, and, and so Moses goes down. He sees that Aaron has built this golden calf. And when I say Aaron... The people came to him and said, make us gods. You know, and Aaron said, okay, you know, take off the earrings in your, your ears. So he starts collecting all the gold. He puts it in. It says that Aaron, uh, you know, uh, made this golden calf for them. So he was to blame just as much as the people. He, he, didn't, he didn't say no or this is a bad idea. In fact, when Moses came down and confronted him, he's like, well, what are you doing? And he's like, well, you know, the, the people just, you know, took off their their earrings, you know, these stiff-necked people, right? And like, they threw it in, and out came this, this calf. That was his, it's kind of funny, actually, the, the story, and if, if you read it. But um, the people have blown it. They agreed that they were going to serve the one true and living God, and already they're, they're moving into idolatry. Everything that God opposed, they defiled the camp. And remember, why Moses was up on top of that mountain, God was giving him a blueprint for, a sand, for the tabernacle. And the reason he told him is that, that I may dwell with my people. God wanted to dwell with them. God always wants to dwell with his people. But unfortunately for them, remember, a little different for us because we have the cross that has paid for our sins. Jesus hasn't gone to the cross then. There needed to be God's holiness. This, this was a big barrier now. And they hadn't really set up the sacrificial system and all that stuff. So how are they going to atone for these sins? They're, they defile the camp. God wants to be in the camp. We have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. How are we going to fix this? And so there's like this tension in the narrative. Like what's going to happen? What, you know, God's, God's faithful. God's not going to abandon his people. But how are we going to work this out? How is this all going to come together? So when you get to chapter 33, verse 7, we see Moses. Now it says, Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside of the camp, far from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. Now this is not the tabernacle. Remember, Moses was getting the, the blueprint for the tabernacle up on the mountain. It hadn't been built yet. 
So this is uh, uh, the tent. Some people think it was Moses' personal tent. Not sure, but they would move it out, and this tent would be outside the camp. Do we have that? Because I want to look. He said, Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp. And notice this, far off from the camp. Not just, you know, hey, look, at here's the, you know, there, everybody's in here, the tent. He'd take it, and he set it off a pretty good distance. That's significant because if somebody wanted to go or himself to that tent, it was a little bit of a journey, right? It's a little bit of hike. I don't know how far off it was, but we find out that it was at least within viewing distance. But he took it outside the camp. And I, I think, and as I look at that, the rationale behind it is the camp had been defiled. He's got to, he's got to move. He wants to meet with God. He wants to have fellowship with God, he has to set up this place now away from this place that they just literally built a golden calf and rebelled against God. So he sets off a separate place, a sacred space, if we want to call it that, where he can go and have an encounter with God. In verse 7, it says this. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. I'm going to say that again. Everyone who sought the Lord. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say everyone sought the Lord. It says everyone who sought the Lord. So it sounds like there's an open invitation, right? Whoever so will come, you know, come, come out and go out and, and, and try to have uh, 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 an encounter, a meeting, get close to where God was going to be. Because notice as we go on, it says, whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up. And, and, and when he entered the tent, the pillar of cloud, remember, representative of God's presence, would come and it would be there. So here's Moses. He sets out and he, he's having these, these encounters with God at the tent of meeting, and it's open to everybody. And it says, everyone who sought the Lord would go out there. Don't answer this. Would you go? Would you go? I, you know, and I, I, I think that, you know, I always like that when I try to put myself in the story, I go, of course I would be there. It doesn't sound like a lot of people were going, but would I go? It's open. The door is open, but not everybody is seeking the Lord. Not everybody sought the Lord. And as, as we read on in verse 8, it says, When Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar cloud would descend, stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. Now notice this. And when all the people saw the pillar cloud, the presence of God represented in this, uh, uh, meeting with him, standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship. Each at his tent door. So essentially, Moses, remember, the, has to take this journey 
to go meet with, with the Lord. So he'd leave the camp, and he'd start walking out. And as he's walking, it says everybody starts rising up. You know, and the nosy neighbor, right? What's, what are they doing over there? And they're all standing at their tent, and they're looking, and they're watching what's going on. As he's watching, everybody's standing at their own tent, and they're just watching intently, like just hanging on everything that he's doing. He walks all the way out there with everybody. I mean, imagine that. It would be funny to have a camera, not on Moses, but on the people looking back, and everybody just sitting there, you know, watching him walk out there. As he gets there, he goes in inside the tent, and then the presence of God, manifest presence, right, comes in, in, in a pillar of cloud and fills that place. And it said that everybody would worship at, his, at their own tent door. It's pretty cool, huh? I think that's awesome, but... I think that's good, but I don't think that's best. Let me say it another way. They were worshiping. They, they were having. They were, they were excited because they were, they were seeing the presence of God manifested, and they were, they were there. I mean, maybe, who knows? I don't know how far you could throw a baseball or something or, you know, hit a golf ball, however many yards. It was close enough to see God moving, but they were still worshiping from afar. They were worshiping from afar. And they seemed satisfied. And it, it made me think, are we satisfied? Worshiping from afar? The Bible says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you in James 4. So here, here we, we have this invitation. And there's all these these verses and we have this open door, this open invitation to get as close to the Lord as we want. I'm going to say this. If you're distant from the Lord right now, you have nobody to blame but yourself. Because you could draw as close to the Lord as you want. And if there is distance between the Lord and yourself, who put it there? Remember, God will never leave us and forsake us. I'm not talking about salvation, but we do, we do understand there's a difference between your salvation and intimacy with God, right? Not every person in this room is experiencing God in the same way. We just had a powerful time of worship, and there were people in this room right now while we were worshiping who were having breakthrough, who were experiencing God's presence, and there were people thinking about a watermelon later today. And... And we better run over to Sam's Club as soon as we get out of here quick before, because everyone's going to be there and their mind is, you know, somewhere else and all the things that we got going on. And, and same situation. Some people are right there in God's presence. Some people are worshiping from afar. And I would hope in this story that I would have been one of the ones that, that went out but let's put ourselves in today's story. What about today? We had an encounter. We just, we, every single person in this room just had an opportunity to enter into God's presence, right? I'm not talking about his omnipresence. I'm talking about just pushing in, moving forward, trying to, to, to seek the Lord. And what does he have for you today? What does he have for me today? 
And that verse just kills me. Everyone who sought the Lord. Because I don't think everybody did. And if we apply that to ourselves in here today, we have to be honest with ourselves. Do we come with a heart that's seeking to have an encounter with the Lord, seeking to have a breakthrough, seeking for God to do something and, and expecting something to happen today? God, I'm, 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 I'm here and I'm hungry as they're worshiping. I want, I want to have an encounter. Here's, here's what I think as I read um, this story. I, th- I think that there's basically two groups of people. There's those that are in the camp and then there's Moses and Joshua or there's others I'm sure that might have that went out. We don't know the complete list but just making a general statement. As I see this, I, I want to have a heart like Joshua. Look at, look at verse 11. It says, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face. In, in, in Hebrew, there, when it talks about that word face, it's the same word as, as presence. His presence. And, and we know that no man had seen God's face, right? So Moses, this is, is talking about, he just had intimate fellowship with God. Right in his presence. To be in somebody's presence is, is to be, to have their faces to be in their presence. And he was face to face, having this amazing encounter with God. And we, you can read on in chapter 34, and we find out that later, because um, uh, Moses says, God, show me your glory, right? He wants to see more. He wants, he, he's having this amazing encounter with God, and he wants more. Doesn't it always seem in the Bible like it's the people who have had the greatest encounters with God are the ones that want, the mo- that want more? It's not like, okay, wow, that was great. You know, now I'm, I'm done. That's going to last me the rest of their life. It's like addicting. They want more. They want, they've had this amazing experience. Like David, I mean, uh, David as well. You know, one thing I see, when his greatest desire was to be in God's presence. But Paul, same thing. Oh, that I may know him more. He already knew. Paul already knew the Lord. Had this great relationship. You know what his greatest desire? I, w- I want to know him more. I want more. I want to seek the Lord. I want to seek the Lord. And here, it says, when Moses turned away, when Moses turned again, in verse 11, into the camp, his assistant, Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. So Moses would go out to this tent, and that's what makes me think that this might not be the tent that Moses actually stayed in. He might have been staying in the camp because Moses would go out to the tent, but then he would return again back to the camp, or at least he spent a lot of time in the camp. But it says, Moses, look in uh, verse 11 there, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. How many people want a heart like Joshua? I don't, want, I don't want to depart. Why? Because that's where God was moving. That's where God's presence was. It was at the tent of meeting. So Joshua was like, if this is where God's going to manifest his presence, this is where I want to camp out. I want to stay here. I want to be here. This is where I want to stay. As close to where God is moving, my, I'm going to position myself to have an encounter with God. 
You're here today on a holiday weekend. You've positioned yourself to have an encounter with God. It's not the time to start patting ourselves on the back and looking at so-and-so. Yeah, he's out on the river right now, and don't get all judgmental. But, but, but my point is, and, and you're here today. I remember Pastor Rick gave a message uh, a long time ago, and I'm thinking off the top of my head, it was about uh, we should have been there and what we missed out or something. And it was talking about in Acts chapter 2, because we knew that there was other people, and it's like there was the people in the upper room. Imagine how many people missed that, right? Other believers that missed it because they had something going on, but they missed it. And God, you know, that's the, you want your, your believers, other Christians to have an amazing encounter with God, but you want to be there. You don't want to miss it, right? Oh, it was so powerful. Ah, oh, you know. And here, Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, he did not depart from the tent. And so I, I, as I'm putting, the youth always laugh at me because I do circles. I don't know why. You give me a whiteboard, there will be circles on it. I don't know why. And I, everything, I can, I can explain any concept, at least that I know, uh, there's a lot of concepts I don't know with two circles. Give me two circles. You got the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Satan, you know, whether it's Star Wars, Jedi, Sith, anything. I can put, give me two circles, and I can explain a lot of stuff with two circles. And in this, I see two circles. I see two circles. I see those in the camp and those outside the camp. Outside the camp, well, let me just say, inside the camp, you know who's inside the camp? Your friends. There's probably some nice seeds. They probably cried. There's some pretty crafty people. They probably had, I don't know if they had the, invented the lounge chair back then, but some, there's some, there's she, uh, seats, seating, shade, your friends. They probably had cornhole, you know, <laughs> inside the camp. For all the single people, the cute girls were in the camp. Cute guys were in the camp. You have to leave all that to go outside the camp. You understand that, right? To, to, to see, you have to leave those comforts. You have to leave what's comfortable and what you enjoy. And sometimes the pleasures of this world, sometimes you have to leave that to take that journey to go outside the camp. And here's the thing, uh, it, not all the time will there be someone that wants to go with you. And you got to do that journey yourself. And you can't worry about who's going to go and who's not going to go. And there's people that maybe didn't, maybe they wanted to seek the Lord, but they weren't willing to let go of some of the things in the camp. I'm going to suggest what inside the camp, even right now, that is still applicable to us. There are things sometimes that are holding you back from completely seeking the Lord. You need to identify what that is. You know, the Bible in Hebrews talks about weights and sins when you're running a race. Sin is sin. That's pretty obvious, right? We know sin's going to hold you back. But weights, a weight isn't necessarily bad. I, I mean, Say it a different way. A weight isn't necessarily a sin. It's a sin when it keeps you from the Lord. 
things that are good, if it overtakes your life and consumes every aspect of your life, can then become a vice and become bad, right? So there are certain things, when I think of weights, I try to apply that, especially because I, I do a lot with the youth and with uh, uh, some of the young adult age people, and it's like, I think in terms, you know what the number, one of the number one ways, relationships, friendships, not just, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, but just relationships and who they're hanging around with, because there may be, especially in youth, I did a reference the other day, uh, I don't even remember who I was talking with, but they said how much this, they're like, oh, this guy, he's, he's dating my niece. Now I know who it, who it is. And, and, uh, he seems like such a nice guy, such a polite guy. And then when he walked away, I was with my brother and I said, is he in Eddie Haskell? And do you guys remember Eddie Haskell? Nobody, and nobody knew what I was talking about. And I'm like, you guys, you guys never watched Leave it to, Leave it to Beaver? Eddie Haskell. I'm like, is he an Eddie? I don't know what that had anything to do with what I'm talking about right now, but. (laughs) But there are friends, that's what it is, that sometimes, you know, you realize it's not a great idea to spend a lot of time with this person, with this individual, and sometimes you just need to cut it off. That doesn't mean you can't be friends with, being friends with somebody doesn't mean you need to spend time with somebody and be, invest your, you only have so much time and invest those. There are relationships that we should not be investing in. And sometimes those relationships can become weights, whether it's a guy. I love this one when I ask students, uh, especially, and they've got a, let's say, I'll just say there's a girl and she's in high school and she's got a boyfriend. And then I'll say, oh, you know, is he a Christian? I'll go, well, and I'm like, if there's a well right off the bat, just, just, ching, look at it. You need to be able to, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he is. You know, and like, well, you know, his grandpa, his grandpa was a pastor. What does that have to do with anything? So his parents grew up in the faith. They're not serving the Lord, but yeah, okay, it's. That's not necessarily the way it works, but there are relationships that are holding people back, weights, and sometimes you have to cut that. And the point here, what I'm saying is, you, we today need to identify inside the camp what is holding us back from going outside and seeking the Lord. Because that's the goal, right? And I don't want to just blame it on myself. I got to blame it on something. So it's either this person or this activity, right? Because something, I should be seeking the Lord a lot more than I am probably and what's holding me back. So this is a good thing because we get to blame it on others. It's this person, it's this activity. That's not the point. The point is figuring out what is it that's holding me back. And if it's a weight, we need to cut that weight. And if it's a sin, cut it off, right? Jesus said, be drastic, cut it off. And as I look here, so there's the people inside the camp. But then there's Moses and Joshua. And I, as I think about even this upcoming week, tomorrow's a holiday, but typically a lot of us don't have the luxury of Joshua. 
Let me explain what I mean. Meaning Joshua just camped out there. But notice what it said about Moses. Moses would turn again and go back into the camp. You, uh, many people in here, you don't have off tomorrow. There's probably people that maybe still have to work tomorrow or at least on Tuesday. And it's like, you can't just, it's not, with this analogy here, you can't just stay there at the tent all day long. Moses would go there, he'd get fed, he'd have encounters, but then what did he do? He had to go back, then he'd go back into the camp. But when you go back into the camp, just as we remember in the story of him up in the mountain, he what? Shining glory. He had these encounters with God's glory, and it hopefully, it's spreading throughout the camp. And we're touching people within the camp. And these encounters, these gatherings that we have on Sundays, and then you go into the workplace on Mondays, and people have plans, we can't just say, hey, we're all going to just camp out at the Cornerstone today. All week. Let's just, you know, these chairs are comfortable, but not that comfortable, right? Because we, like Moses, have to, to go in. So practically, this plays out, I think, like Moses. But it's the heart of Joshua. Do you see that? Joshua didn't leave. He, 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 that's the heart that we need. So no matter where you are, you can seek the Lord's presence, whether you're in his car, whether you're here in your car, you're in his car, wow, um, in your car or in the sanctuary or wherever you're, out throughout, uh, wherever you're at throughout the week, you could be seeking the Lord. You can have the heart of Joshua that says, this is what I want. This is what I desire. Seek the Lord. We talked about if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know a lot of Christians that aren't free. I'm just being honest. They're free from the penalty of sin, but they're not necessarily free or living in freedom from the power of sin. And ultimately, one day we'll be freed from the presence of sin. But until that day, we need to work on getting victory over the power of sin. And I believe that's in God's presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence, that's where, that's where chains come off. In his presence, that's where true freedom is. That's where things happen. Can, can we get the band to, to, to come up? We're gonna give ourselves a chance to enter into his, 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 his presence. Even on this special uh, weekend where we're remembering the freedoms that we have because of uh, those who have given their life and fought our country and and just we are so blessed to have the freedoms that that we have and as Christians we are so blessed to have the liberty and freedoms that we have but I'm going to suggest the greatest freedom is the freedom we have in Christ there's nothing that that compares 
because you could be like Paul in prison and still be free. That freedom is available for us today. And so today, as that verse, it says, Every, anyone, everyone who sought the Lord, I want to ask that question. Are you seeking the Lord? Not have you sought the Lord. I'm talking about in the past. I'm talking about actively right now. Are you seeking the Lord? It's a heart. Do you have the heart of Joshua? You're saying, look, I want more. I want to camp out here in his presence. This is where I want to be. Did you come here today looking to have an encounter with God? Did you come here today thinking, this could be my day? God, God has something. Maybe wanting that freedom to see that we already have to, to be live, lived out. I know on Wednesday night, um, I was saying, I, I don't typically get, a lot of people, you know, I feel like the Lord speaks to me in different ways, but I don't get a lot of word pictures. Um, uh, I don't have uh, a lot of like um, these amazing articulate like pictures that that go with uh, an interpretation of what Lord's doing. But I felt like on Wednesday night, God specifically gave me a, a word and it was a word picture. And we were, I was in the back um, there during worship at our midweek study. And um, I got this picture. We were singing this song and it talked about in Jesus' name, there's freedom from addictions and freedom from bondages and freedom from fear and freedom from shame. But when he said addictions and, and when they sang that term, there's freedom from addictions, I, my mind for some reason, God instantly put this picture in my mind and it was a, a young man. He was sitting inside a jail cell. He had his head down and he was completely just distraught, just looked like depressed, discouraged. And he was just sitting there. But he didn't notice because his head was down that if he would have just looked up, the door was open. And I believe that right now, some of you just need to lift your head. God's already opened the door. You're praying for him to open the door. You're praying for the chains to come off. And he's like, I already took those chains off. Now walk in freedom. Live in freedom. It's already yours. Live in the victory that you already have. Why don't we go ahead and stand? I want to close with a prayer. Lord, we, we thank you, God, for your grace, Lord, for your mercy, Lord. We pray that here today, God, that we would walk in that victory, that we would stand In the gospel, we would stand in the truth. We would stand on your word. We would stand on the promises. Lord, we would stand in the victory that's already ours. Lord, help us to walk that out because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we want to live in that freedom. Lord, thank you, God, this morning. Pray that you, even right now as we uh, are preparing to take communion here in a minute, uh, Lord, that you would do a work. Lord, if there's any of our hearts here that have gone cold, and maybe we, even as uh, we we're talking about cutting loose some of those weights, maybe you were bringing up relationships in this room that need to be scaled back that we need to step back. Maybe there's patterns and activities in our life that are taking us away from seeking you, Lord. 
and you're saying it's time to cut that off right now. Even if it's for a season, whatever it is, might not be a sin, might just be a weight, but you need to take a a break from it. Maybe the Lord brought something to your mind. I'm going to encourage you this morning, be obedient. Lord, we want to walk surrendered in obedience completely to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's, let's go ahead and worship. No, check, check, but just check, check. Before the ushers hand out communion, I just want you to pause for a moment. Um, I really think there's a time of response this morning to this word and um, not manipulating, not conniving anyone, but there's a time to repent and reflect and worship. Um, and just before we take communion, I felt that we ought to do that and respond to the word of the Lord that just went forth. And if there's something in your heart to deal with with God and his presence as we seek his face, then let's just take a few moments to do that today. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want you. I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry when I just sang another song. Take me back to where I started. I open up my heart to you. I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. And I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. Caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessing Jesus you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do I just want you I just want your presence Lord I just want you. 
aside everything else for the sake of pursuing you, seeking your face today. Search our hearts, O oh God. We cast our idols down this morning. We cast them down at your feet. Give us clean hands, give us pure hearts, let us not lift our souls to another, give us clean hands, give us pure hearts, let us not lift our souls, make this our prayer this morning. Oh, give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Oh, God, let us be a generation that seeks, seeks your face. Oh, God of Jacob, oh, God, let us be a generation that seeks, we seek your face. Oh, God, sing that again. Oh, God, let us be a generation that seeks, seeks your face, oh, God of Jacob. So, God, let us be a generation that seeks, seeks your face, oh, God of Jacob. Oh, we seek your face, so give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls oh god let us be come on sing this out oh god let us be a generation that seeks seeks your face oh god of jacob oh god let us be a generation that seeks seeks your face Oh, God of Jacob, we seek your face, Lord.
luckily for, for us, the Bible says, because that song says, give us clean hands and pure hearts. And luckily for us, in Christ, we have that. And um, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So um, we take moments like this when we come to the Lord's uh, table and we take communion to, again, we talked about victory, to remember Jesus says, you do this to proclaim my death until I come. He's coming. And we proclaim his death, his burial, his resurrection. And these are times for us to constantly keep putting our focus back on to the gospel, the cross, and what Jesus did for us. And that's what we're going to do here uh, this morning. So as you want to take the, the bread here. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. He broke that bread, but his body would not be broken, but it would be beaten and it would be, and he would suffer greatly, but not a bone would be broken. But the pain was real, what he endured for us. And as we take this, that your heart and your mind and all your thoughts go upon the, uh, just be focused on the body of Christ and what he did for us as he hung on that cross. Go ahead and take that. And after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. And as we take this, this cup, we, it represents the blood of Jesus the precious blood of Jesus that has washed us. We sang that song, give us clean hands. The blood of Jesus has. It has washed us of every sin. It has washed us of all guilt, of all shame. There is freedom in the blood of Jesus. And even as we were talking about that, I believe today as you're taking this, to really let it be significant because I do believe that God has already opened a lot of doors in your lives and now it's time to get up and walk in victory. God has moved. He is still moving, but he has is, he is moved. He's done a real work in your lives. And it's time as you take this to walk in the victory that we have in Jesus. Go ahead and take that. Hallelujah, I'm free. Hallelujah, I'm free. Oh, Jesus, my Savior, rescue me. Hallelujah, I'm free. Hallelujah, I'm free. Oh, Jesus, my Savior, rescue me. Hallelujah. my Savior
bless you, church. Happy four. Be blessed. If you'd like prayer, our prayer room's open. I stand, I stand, so I stand off the chain. Sign up, Dennis. Thank you. No, I had to look it up on Worship Connection, yeah. I was huh? just holding D and looking it up on my phone. Right it's not. They, Rick got. Yeah, 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 totally. Bye. <laughs>